0: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Hemery, or Constitutional Catherine, and this is Liberty Laurie joining me for yet another of our wonderful Restore Freedom Weekly episodes. This just happens to be season two, episode 15 of Restore Freedom Weekly, and uh, today's topic is Ipsy Dixit in the legal context. So for some of you, you might, hey, if you've been following my legal work uh, and my fight for freedom for years, you've heard me talk about that term, but the rest of you are probably like, what the heck's wrong with her and why is she using made-up words? Um, Yes, I know attorneys often like they're using made-up words, but this is a real, legit term. So with that being said, let me see here. That's strange. Um, okay. So yeah, it was showing me there were comments, but it wasn't showing me what they were. So now I see one of them. Happy Tuesday from the Liberty cause. Uh, hello. And thank you for joining us today. Um, so today what I want to do is I'm going to grab my trusty Black's law dictionary and I'm going to open it right on up to our term that we're talking about today ipsy dixit so um as we mentioned um what the heck is it that's the first one and hello to jeff joining us on uh, youtube from michigan we appreciate you joining us today all right so ipsy dixit is a latin term that means something asserted but not proved Something asserted but not proved. He himself said it. So basically what it is is uh, answering the next question. How is it used by attorneys? What does that mean for the legal context? Well, uh, as Lori so pointedly found a a photo uh, to use for our thumbnail today, Ipsy Dixit is Latin for because I said so. Uh, Have you ever had that situation happen by government officials, prosecuting attorneys, you name it? I have certainly seen it time and time again. It is because I say it is. Really? Well, that might work for you as a parent to your own children, but certainly not when you're a government official or an attorney in a court case. But yet it happens all the time. So what are some examples? Well, um, I'm just going to give you some that I've seen in my own cases. So. For example, in my Allegan County case, most of you um, by now at at least know about my Allegan County case. Um, They were basically saying that uh, the case was simply about prohibited parking and had nothing to do with constitutionally protected free speech or a number of other statutes and constitutional provisions that protected my right to be on the public property during the time it was open to the general public. Um, But simply them saying the case had nothing to do with my First Amendment rights and that the Constitution didn't apply, didn't make it so. They didn't prove that in any way, shape, or form. Um, In fact, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has said that a township, or quite frankly any uh, form of government, may not by its own ipsy-dixit destroy the public forum status of such property, such as a township hall and things like that. Nor can they exclude people from such a public forum in which all parties have a constitutional right of access. Yes, you heard me correctly. For all of you who've been struggling with being kicked out of publicly accessible places uh, in the last three years because of, you know, your medical status or you know wanting to breathe fresh air you know, a number of things like that. Um, the um, They can't do that. And the US Supreme Court said that many, many, many years ago. Okay, so um, from my own brief, I used it against them. Um, so let's see here. Um, all right, so I said in one of my briefs to the Court of Appeals in Michigan in 2021, That the prosecutor and the court surmised this case was merely the trespass of a car. No joke. It's not a thing, but that's what they said. Separate from my protected petition circulating. And this is uh, what I wrote word for word. But the ipsy-dixit, it is because I say it is and no-proof-is-needed model, doesn't work in the law, especially as a prosecutor shall not prosecute any person for conduct presumptively protected by the First Amendment. Now, where did I get the last little bit of language? It's not just from the First Amendment. No, I was actually quoting a Michigan statute, 750.543, Z is in zebra. In case you live in Michigan, check out that statute because it definitely applies in a lot of situations, uh, not just my own case. All right, so um, I actually use that term in a lot to demonstrate how The trial court itself and the prosecutor did a lot of that Ipsy Dixit stuff. Oh, it just is because I say it is. Uh, No, you don't make the laws. Even if it's the judge we're talking about, they don't make the laws. Case precedent is not the same as actual statutes and law. Uh, And certainly case precedent is not made by trial court judges anyway. So um, anyway, a quick, oh, Oh my goodness, Um, Mr. Mike Henry, I mean, Mr. Catherine Henry, I mean, uh, the (laughs) the guy I'm married to says that live chat works in Rumble now and he will see us there. Well, thanks a lot, babe. But as you know, live chat, I think has worked. It's always worked for us. The problem is it doesn't work with the streaming software that Rumble requires you to use in order to go live. So. Uh, Lori does her best to try to go back and forth and, and keep up on the live chat, uh, but it just doesn't uh, work the same for us as seeing the other stuff. Speaking of what they did
0: um, change it for in the Android app, I think they I heard some people talking about they changed where they can you can see the chat. Oh.
1: So for me, it
0: was right in front of my face, but I guess it wasn't on the Android. So.
1: Yes. Android. Okay. So I see what you're saying, Mike, is that, uh, uh, it works on the phone, whereas it didn't work before, but on the computer, it has always worked for us. Um, uh, people have been able to comment if they had certain devices, uh, where they were watching it, et cetera, but I see what you're saying. Um, okay. So, um, and you're right. The Liberty cause government doesn't own public property. The people do. In fact, they, they, they own it. The government does own it, but they own it in trust for the people. The purpose for which they own the property has to be for the benefit of the people. And uh, there's a whole bunch more if you need any information on that, some case precedent, uh, even from the US. Easy
0: logic would be the government was created by us. It wouldn't exist, exist if not for us. And so, of course, you know. Anything we do, um, I don't know that just something that came to my head.
1: Uh, yes, Um, keeping the
0: people's mind that we're above them. It's not that we, like me individually, I'm not above them, but we are above them.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, So here's another example. And you guys might find this amusing. So any of you who have been paying attention to what's happening currently to us, the Henry family here in the city of Ormond Beach, Florida, uh, we have a lawsuit pending, which actually stemmed from the city's um, illegal and unconstitutional um, enforcement upon us for alleged uh, land development code violations. Okay, so three different things, a privacy fence, our pavers that extend our driveway, uh, driveways. And uh, we have two shipping containers because we have a house built in 1949 on Beachside that doesn't have a garage and code requires a garage. So anyway, um, so the city started that case and has proceeded very illegally and unconstitutionally violating all kinds of procedural protections along the way. And uh, I filed a notice of appeal to go up to the circuit court. And in that notice of appeal, I included a notice of joinder. So what does that mean? I was joining in claims and parties. So I was joining in my compulsory, my mandatory counterclaims against them because it's all about the same issue, the same transaction or occurrence. And I was joining in new parties because technically, The deputy city attorney, the neighborhood improvement division officer and her supervisor weren't themselves parties to the underlying case that they brought against me, uh, but they should be. So I put a notice of joinder of parties that they were being brought into my lawsuit in their individual capacities. Yes, having the pants suit off them individually. Uh, I wonder and so, if it might be good to pull up your...
0: so people can read where you said that? Um, Or is that kind of more complicated than...
1: If you want to... Because you're talking
0: about doing that, that, or I can throw the link to it in the chat. I was just thinking awesome. if they could visually see where you said that. Yeah. So...
1: So yeah, so Lori, I'm sure we'll uh, throw you guys the link that's on our website. If you go to restorefreedomkh.com slash resources, or just restorefreedomkh.com, go to the resources tab, you'll see case documents. I believe it's the very first link. And then go to the Ormond Beach case, which I believe would be the very first link on that list you'll see all the documents that have been filed so far in this case and you'll see the stuff originally filed at the if you want to call it trial court level with the special magistrate but you will also see the new stuff that's been filed at the circuit court now get this the city attorney themselves they have never filed anything in this case um, at all at all they never filed responses or written you know anything uh it was the neighborhood improvement division uh inspector that filed the request with the court that had all the materials and and basically presented the case in court to the special magistrate in february and then when i filed my motion for stay and relief from judgment special magistrate didn't respond city attorney didn't respond didn't file anything when i filed my notice of proposed litigation under Florida statute 70.45 in November that they legally have to respond to within 90 days. They did no such thing. They have filed no response. And it took um, me filing my emergency motion for stay and for relief from judgment at the circuit court and the circuit court judge to order them to file a response uh, by April 20th for the city to actually file through an attorney an actual response now get this it's four pages long yes four pages and that includes their supposed response to my motion their uh motion to strike my notice of joinder, meaning i'm not allowed to join in my own claims or include the people that i wanted to sue personally in this uh and i'm also um they want me to um so they it's their motion to strike, but they also want me to post a thirteen thousand seven hundred dollar bond just to keep my property while a lawsuit is going, just to keep my own homestead as it is, right? To post a thirteen thousand seven hundred dollar bond on top of the thousands of dollars we've already paid. Anyway, there's the word a
0: reasonable for sorry, heavy.
1: Even a dog can understand that that is ridiculous.
0: The word "reasonable" seems to fall off here. I I think in law we must always be reasonable. So depending on the crime, the reasonable repercussions. So that they think that it by that by saying you should bond that much to me, it sounds like you are destroying your neighborhood in your. Every single neighbor's life's in danger because you haven't taken care of this. That's the impression I'm getting.
1: Yeah. So they're saying that this is also something that I should be. It's not the total amount of damages that they would supposedly seek from me, but it's the the start of the amount of money they think that I need to pay. So isn't that cute? Now, here's the thing. What they said in there, I want you guys to check it out. Um, I've been working on my response or my reply to their response. And so, uh, they just sent it. Um, they apparently filed it late on, on Thursday, the deadline, right? They had, I filed my emergency motion April 3rd and it was virtually the same motion as it was that I filed on March 24th. So they've had basically a month. (laughs) <laughs> to file a response, but they waited the whole time and then filed this sad little piddly four-page document. Um, and I didn't get it served to me through the e-portal until Friday and, uh, didn't get a chance to really look at it too much over the weekend. And so I spent the entire day working on it yesterday and so far yet yeah, this morning. So I didn't have a chance to pull up, uh, you know, and, and take screenshots and do all kinds of pretty things that I like to try to do in the, uh, in the slideshow for you guys. But check out that part of the website. Uh, I think you can actually go to restorefreedomkh.com obcase case, I believe, is uh, the link to uh, the entire all the documents and use them as you see fit. Uh, there's documents on um, on our website for Michigan cases for Florida cases, there's a lot of US Supreme Court and U.S. Constitution stuff that's cited. So no matter where you live, there's stuff that you can use in your own situation. And not just in a court case. You could use it in putting together documents or letters or requests or whatever with any kind of government official before something actually gets to the point of a lawsuit. So please, by all means, check all those things out. But uh, today's point is about Ipsy Dixit. And so in their request, in their piddly little four-page response, they say a lot of things don't apply. They literally come out and say, oh, well, she, um," here it is. Um, As the basis for the attempted joinder of counterclaims and non-party city employees, appellants, which is us, the Henry's, appellants rely on rules 1.110, 1.140, and 1.170 of the rules Uh, the Florida rules of civil procedure. Those rules, however, are inapplicable to the appellant's appeal. Hmm. Okay. So you might think, oh no, right. If you're in my shoes, you're not, I'm not a Florida licensed attorney. I'm just the average Joe, just like most of you that are watching. Um, so I'm like, well, shoot, you know, I didn't go to law school down here. I didn't take the Florida bar here. I, you know, oh my gosh, maybe they're right. And so I went and looked and double checked and, you know, oh my goodness, maybe the rules are. So, Michigan and Florida, it is what it is uh, as far as the rules. They're they're basically the same. They're broken up into different chapters of court rules. We went over this specifically in some recent um, episodes, but basically in Florida, it starts with the uh, rules of civil procedure. That's chapter one. Chapter two is what they call the rules of general practice, which is civil procedure, criminal procedure, basically any kind of court case. Um, And then they have other kinds of cases, probate cases, juvenile cases have their own set of court rules. Criminal procedure is another chapter. Appellate procedures, chapter nine in the uh, Florida court rules. Now in Michigan, chapter one is more the general rules. Chapter two is civil procedure. And then you get into uh, chapter seven is the uh, rules of appellate procedure. Okay. So one, two, and seven for Michigan one, two, and nine for Florida, those would be the ones that I have said would be applicable because it's rules of general practice for all cases. It's a civil case, but it's an appeal of a civil case. So you have the three sets of layers, just using common sense here. Now, when the city attorneys, uh, actually they hired in outside counsel for this because, you know, the city attorney, the deputy city attorney that I'm naming, uh, well, I guess it's smart because she can't be a party if she's uh, she can't be an attorney for the city if she's also a named party. So they brought an outside counsel and I'm sure my tax dollars are paying him a whole heck of a lot of money to do very, very little. I mean, what could he possibly say in four pages, right? Um, so his motion to strike is basically, uh, just to say the rules don't apply. The rules of civil procedure don't apply in appellate cases. Let's think about that for a minute the rules of civil procedure don't apply in criminal cases or in excuse me in um in appeals cases well in michigan there's a court rule that says the rules of civil procedure apply in all cases unless there's another rule that specifically says it doesn't apply okay uh you can find out all the details about that in my procedural due process appeals that i filed in the Allegan county case but down here, I'm like, "Man, maybe maybe they're right, right? If they're saying it's true, it must be true." I mean, maybe their their document here is so simple and it it's, it cites, you know, uh cites maybe six or so uh court rules. There's no cases, there's no statutes, it's just, you know, court rules. Maybe there's something to that. Simple and sweet. Okay. Um uh, Yeah, let's look at that. So I looked at the court rules. And, uh, there's two in particular that I found very special. Um, oh, let's see here. Um, well, where'd it go? I lost it. Um, ah, 1.010. Okay. That's in Florida. And that rule says, that these rule apply basically in all actions okay and so if you read there's some exceptions that it talks about but it doesn't exclude cases that uh the appellate rules apply to in fact in the um in let's see the rules of general practice that's chapter two in florida um it'd be chapter one in michigan but anyway it's chapter two in florida Uh, rule 2.130 specifically calls out the Florida rules of appellate procedure and says that those rules have priority in appeals cases, not exclusivity in circuit court appeal proceedings. So kind of uh, interesting that my point is oftentimes attorneys, especially government attorneys will claim something is true. They'll say, Oh, this law doesn't apply. That's what uh, I've had a lot of them say to me in, in different cases throughout the years, this law just does not apply. Your rights do not apply. The Constitution does not apply. And then they don't have anything to back it up with. I mean, nothing, not even case precedent, right? Not even their case law that they rely on. Nothing. Just it doesn't apply. That is the epitome of Ipsy Dixit. It is because I say it is. Is that really how we run things? we get to cherry pick and say, well, that I'm going to pick to not uh, follow that law or that constitutional provision or that court rule, because I just don't want to. And I'm going to tell you, it just doesn't apply. And we're just supposed to go, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't apply. No, make them prove it. Make them prove it. So before I get too far off, um, what can you do about it when especially a government attorney does that could be an opposing attorney in a civil case too. But what do you do about these situations? You literally go back to the basics. I want you to trust your gut. I want you to trust your knowledge. I want you to be able to know how to represent yourself and not rely on attorneys or government officials or legislators or lobbyists or anybody else to advocate for you because you would do the best job advocating for you. I've been trying to educate people for years on how to educate yourself to represent yourself. The reason why I'm saying you got to put in the work, though, the only reason why that would work at all for you to represent yourself or to be able to fight for yourself in any capacity before something gets to court, uh, trying to prevent a court case if it doesn't have to go to court, et cetera. The only way that works is if you actually put in the effort and you do your research. Now, don't listen to all the conspiracy theory bullshit that's out there. Don't just take some attorney's word for it i don't ever tell you to take my word for it i'm telling you where to look i'm telling you what things apply in situations and then i tell you where to look and i expect you to do that homework i expect you to follow through check out our wednesday way to get involved challenges utilize those freedom fighting tools on friday Listen to the Cliff Notes version of our episodes that we have in the Constitution Segment Recap videos on Thursdays. Do all that so that it's being ingrained in you, and each of those messages are actually sinking in, and you are learning it, and you're not just cramming for some test that might happen someday, okay? Now, why is that so important? Because if you truly read the documents for yourself, before you ever touch cases and worry about case precedent and all, you know, all kinds of other garbage, go to the court rules themselves, go to your state's statutes themselves. We've had a lot of uh, get involved challenges and different things tied to literally getting you to go to your state's list of statutes, the table of contents, essentially for all of the, your statutes and reading the whole table of contents, expanding them. If Usually they can expand a little bit and you can see the, the subdivisions in each chapter or the chapters within each title, but checking those out yourself. Again, you're not going to get to the point most likely of reading every single statute on the books, but you can at least familiarize yourself with the topics that are there so you can more readily know where to go when something comes up. Now, I I think I had it in a recent get involved challenge for you to check out the court rules, to read the table of contents to know what, you know, how your court rules are broken down and what kinds of things they talk about. Look at those table of contents. Uh, or the list of categories or whatever it's called in your state, um, look at it. Look at it regularly. I mean, just take five, ten minutes here or maybe, you know, spend an hour a month on it or something. Do something so that it's sinking in and you're kind of looking at it from a different lens, a different perspective, so that when something comes up, when you have a government official or a city attorney or uh, an overpriced private attorney representing your city, who's challenging you and trying to shut your freedom down and trying to shut down your procedural due process that's guaranteed to you by the US and state constitutions that you are you're able to stand up and say no, that's not how this works and I'm not going to tolerate it, but have more than just ipsy dixit to rely on yourself let them be the fools and the ignorant people that just show up to say it just is because I say it is let them be the imbeciles who put together a four-page response and that's all they've been managed to muster in the last six months in a case shoot i put these people on notice that i was suing the crap out of them on november eighth, 2022 told them why what they were doing was illegal. I told them the crimes they were committing. I told them the civil case, you know, uh, penalties that they would have coming their way. I put them on notice on November 8th, 2022, that this was coming for them and they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't, I've never had one written response to any of the legal issues I've raised until Friday. And that is a four page, bunch of googly gook nonsense of ipsy dicks it it, it is because i say it is they cite rules that don't apply and i don't want them to so they don't that's all they did now oftentimes the sad thing is you might have a court uh you might end up with a judge that buys into that maybe they're part of the same good old boy network and i don't know Maybe that is for the the judge and the attorney that I have here. Maybe that's the situation. What I'm hoping though is regardless of what kind of tactics that this attorney has used in cases uh, and situations so far, and regardless of how the judge may have ruled on prior situations with this attorney, I'm hoping that this judge is going to at least read what I'm saying and pointing out certain things. Now here's the thing you need to do. You need to read those court rules. At least at the very beginning, there's always something called scope, uh, or purpose, uh, general intent, something like that. Look for that at the beginning. Now in the state of uh, Florida, the court rule I'm talking about, there's actually a little bit at the beginning of each chapter, right? Cause it's telling you the scope of each chapter of the rules. So, um, I have the whole rule book in front of me yet. I'm struggling to grab what I want. Um, okay. So the Florida rules of general practice, it's 2.110 scope and purpose. All right. And scope and purpose. Uh, these rules apply to the administrative matters in all courts. To which the rules are applicable by their terms. Uh, The rules shall be construed to secure a speedy and inexpensive determination of every proceeding to which they are applicable, and these rules shall supersede all conflicting rules and statutes. So even if there was a law on the books that said, these rules don't apply, sorry, they do. But then um, in Florida, uh, the Rules of Civil Procedure, 1.010, Scope and Title of Rules, um, Michigan, same kind of things. You'll see in my briefs that I have online, you could check out the procedural due process appeals briefs from Allegan County. Procedural due process appeals briefs, check those out. You'll see where I talk about, um, I cite the exact court rules in Michigan showing how the civil court rules apply in criminal cases, unless they specifically don't. Um, but uh, the scope of the rules of civil procedure, uh, Where did I go? These rules shall apply in all actions of a civil nature and all special statutory proceedings in the circuit courts and county courts, except those to which the Florida probate rules, Florida family rules of procedure or small claims rules apply. It doesn't say except for appeals. Hmm. Okay. So. Uh, one thing you want to look for, though, as well, is this is something I want you to consider. If, let me pause for a second, um, court rules are not law. John James on YouTube says court rules are not law. You're right. Uh, you're right about that. But in the, in the most, it take a step back, a giant step back, and just think of it in this in this sense. It makes sense in any given situation, whether we're talking a city council meeting uh, a trial court at a circuit court in Florida or Michigan or whatever. um, For um, a state legislature, whatever it is, it makes sense that that particular government body has a rules of procedure established so that people have expectations clear expectations of how to participate because. Although you might view it from your perspective as, oh, those kinds of rules are just meant to keep me out and and trip me up on procedural mishaps or whatever. And that does happen and that's why I do my best to educate you on how and where to look for things. But they also serve to keep other people from abusing the system or doing things in a way that you wouldn't have notice of. The purpose of having rules of procedure is so that everyone can be put on the same page so that we're all supposed to know what the same procedure is in order to file a certain case or pursue a certain claim in the law i'm not saying i agree with all the court rules out there in fact if you look at at the um restore freedom initiative constitutional amendment petition that i drafted in may of 2020 to amend the michigan state constitution you will see where we talk about uh, i have a section dedicated to what is the law Is it court rules? Is it executive orders? Is it um, any number of administrative rules and regulations? I very clearly articulated what was and what was not the law. Uh, And so I was trying to clear up any confusion about that, but we didn't get the signatures that didn't make it on the ballot. And so it is what it is right now. But anyway, um, stairs at plants, one comes from the legislature. Uh, So he's saying that laws come from the legislature and the other comes from the judiciary. The court rules come from the judiciary. Now there is a court rule in Michigan as well that says that if a statute, if a state law about court procedure uh, co- contradicts a court rule, the court rule supersedes that. Why? Because you start to also have a um, the, um, oh my gosh, I've lost the concept of the three different branch separation of powers, separation of powers issue where you don't want the legislature to control how the judiciary does its job. It could say, you know, what laws are and what causes of action there are, what kinds of things you could sue for that kind of thing. But in terms of how you file a case, generally speaking, that's more of a judicial thing, just like you wouldn't want the judicial branch determining how to set up, or the executive branch, determining how to set up the legislative processes, um, which I think all the processes should just be laid out in the state constitutions right from the get-go, so there's no argument, there's no confusion, there's no gobbledygook, but it isn't how it is. So anyway, just telling you what the purpose of of those would be. Um, Okay, so... Well, Lori, I'm going to just uh, expect that you're continuing to do the job you normally do and and check out the um, comments and throwing them up there if I'm supposed to see them. And unfortunately, I know I was on a roll a couple of times and I saw there was a comment and then I didn't see it. By the time I looked down, it was gone. So hopefully uh, it was good with other people seeing it and, and not just me addressing it. But oh, um, Well,
0: yeah, well, since you're going a pause... Um, John James did say some good things while you're kind of like, teach yourself, teach yourself. Um, actually read the law first and then understand what it says second. Yeah, I thought those were important. It it And it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of my learning is learning when she's teaching you guys. So <laughs> it's it's you don't expect them to just get it right away and you actually are encouraging them look it's not gonna this isn't gonna all sink in you're gonna be overwhelmed maybe and stuff but once you start really understanding it and you re- really get a true understanding of the constitution everything else kind of is it makes it easier to make that make sense
1: yes uh so we're all- taking that time and real quick, I see um, Joe on Facebook has had several comments. Um, this one, uh, courts will rule something constitutional even if it isn't. And that's exactly... That's exactly what happens in a lot of cases and that's why in 2020 just clearest example i was the only attorney that stood up front and center on the steps of the capitol in front of news crews fox to detroit you know fox 17 grand rapids whatever uh stood up in front of anybody and everybody across the whole state i sent out letters to every single prosecuting attorney and every single law enforcement agency across the state of michigan Hundreds of them. I mean, I sent out thousands of emails. Why? I sent them a letter on Mother's Day weekend. I used up my Mother's Day weekend to put this together to explain to them how uh, following executive orders and enforcing them as law against the people was unconstitutional, regardless of what the governor said. Regardless of what a court would say, it was unconstitutional and that those individuals, if they wanted to use an executive order to enforce against a person uh, that, you know, and say that they've committed a crime, that they would um, be personally responsible for that. So um, it is absolutely true that uh, uh, courts, will oftentimes say, oh, that's constitutional. I mean, let's look at the second amendment stuff that's come out recently. You know, the New York and Bruin case, uh, New York rifle case, um, and the the following cases that have come out about that. Basically, you know, a lot of people are like, yay, oh, look, the courts are like pro second amendment. And I'm like, then why didn't they start off the opinion saying we have a second amendment. It protects the right to bear arms. Any laws that infringe upon that right are unconstitutional period. The end. That's where it's, I mean, like all this stuff about history and all this other BS, like, no, that's not, no. Uh, What about the Dobbs case, right? Yay, it overturns Roe v. Wade. Okay. I was probably one of the only people that was like, all right, it's a start. That's not what we need to be excited about. Why? Because they didn't have the guts to come out and say what they needed to say, to say what was actually in the constitution how the constitution protects our life liberty and property our life liberty and property that the word abortion or murder is is protected nowhere in the constitution but life is in every u.s and state constitution so it's absurd to me why we could complicate things and stretch things so that you know the government gets away with what it wants to and You know, we can do all kinds of stuff. So, oh, looks like Lori switched what was on there. I didn't realize that. Um, Approaching Target on YouTube says, like you stated before, every member raises their hand for the oath. If they kept it, no worry what branch of government it is. Yes. Every single person in government at every single level of government has to swear an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution. And if you're in a state or local office, you are swearing to uphold your state constitution as well. Why is that so important? Because the supreme law of the land is the United States Constitution, and we have to follow it. The government doesn't get to just make up its own authority and do whatever it wants to just because it says it can. Ipsy Dixit is not the supreme law of the land. The Constitution is. Um, Joe on Facebook says, Reading law often pisses me off due to the unconstitutionality. Yes, yes. In fact, back when I was in high school, maybe, maybe college, the early, early years of college. Granted, I started college at 16, but uh, way back at the early years, I realized even at such a young age that our laws were so contradictory and so complex. And just for those two reasons alone were unconstitutional because you're obviously denied due process of law if there's so many laws in the books that no one judge or attorney could ever even uh, be master of them all, uh, let alone the average person. And uh, when they're contradictory, well, clearly that's a huge problem as well. So uh, you need to educate yourself. You need to read the law, you need to educate uh, yourself on the law, the court rules, the court rules is what I'm talking about now, because that's where, um, well, for me, off the top of my head, it's what's at the top of what I'm working on right now, because that's the pleading I was served with. It's basically all all about the court rules and oh, the court rules don't apply. Uh, And so I'm trying to show you where they do. Sometimes you get lucky and have an attorney who's that much of an idiot that they just come out and say, these court rules don't apply. And then you can easily go to the court rule that says they do apply and you can go from there. Um, Sometimes they kind of beat around the bush or they allude to that or they just don't follow them. And you have to say, hey, now, for example, here's something I want you to consider. Now, this is a rule in Florida and Michigan and is most likely a rule in whatever other state you might be in if you're in a different state. When you have a motion, when you file a motion or a response to a motion, when you ask the court to do something, you're supposed to use consecutively numbered paragraphs. Paragraph one, paragraph two, paragraph three, number your, your motions uh, in 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 that way why because then it's easy enough to refer to a paragraph uh, that it could be stricken or it could be focused on or whatever the other side could reference a paragraph but here's the thing it makes the court uh the court's job a lot easier to determine what somebody is agreeing to and where the differences are where the points of argument are so Here's another court rule that is in Florida and in Michigan and is most likely in your state as well if you're in another state. If you have a motion or any kind of pleading uh, where you're, you're asking, one side is asking the court for something, and then the other side then is usually required to respond. Not always. You could be a criminal defendant in a misdemeanor case, for example, and 9.9 9 times out of 10, you could sit back and say absolutely nothing, and you are not required to, to file a response. You m- might want to, but you're not required to do that because the prosecutor has the burden of proof. However, in all types of civil cases and in, in certain other you know situations, you are required to file a response if, if the other party has filed asking the court to do something. Okay. So if you're required to file a response, the court rules say that you then have to address all the things in that person's motion. So for example, let's make this easy. Me, Catherine Henry, I filed a motion, an emergency motion with the court saying, hey, the special magistrates orders, they're void. Uh, There has to be a stay uh, put in place. You can't enforce the orders. They can't come take my stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That was my emergency motion. The court ordered the city of Ormond Beach to respond by the 20th. Now the court rules I want you to pay attention to say that when you file a response, you have to respond to all of the, usually the term is called a vermin. I didn't write these terms guys, but basically any allegations, they want you to number your paragraphs like we talked about and all the stuff that's about one idea is in a numbered paragraph and then the next fact or the next law or whatever is supposed to be in the, in another paragraph, another numbered paragraph. and then in your response, you're supposed to respond to each of those numbered paragraphs. That way the parties, Everybody can know the court, the you know the plaintiff, whatever, everybody knows where the disagreement is. Oh, okay, they agree that that's the law, they agree about those facts, but they disagree about these facts over here or that this law applies here, okay? That's the purpose of it. This special attorney didn't use any numbered paragraphs, nor did they respond to my numbered paragraphs and literally didn't deny virtually anything in my document. Didn't deny that the special magistrate failed to have subject matter jurisdiction. Didn't deny that when you want to physically take somebody's property, you have to file it as an eminent domain case. Didn't deny that I had zero notice that they were actually trying to physically come on my property, take my pavers, my privacy fence, and my shipping containers. Until two minutes before the hearing started, when they buried it in a request of a whole stack of paperwork. Didn't deny that they were cherry-picking the law. Didn't deny that they were cherry-picking enforcement of the law. Didn't deny that they skipped every single procedural step along the way in order to do what it is that they claim they can do. They literally didn't deny any of that. So why am I telling you that? Because I, again, I'm not a Florida licensed attorney, so I would be just like you, any other person. I went to the court rules yesterday and I said, there's gotta be a court rule down here, like the one in Michigan that says that they have to respond. And for, at least for the purposes of this motion, if they don't respond to that allegation or that averment that paragraph then it's treated as though if they don't deny it it's treated as though it's um accepted i i don't know the word i'm looking for here but they're admitting it i found that court rule here
0: isn't it like a matter of fact because they didn't dispute it
1: um
0: Or does it not take it quite that far, but nearly?
1: Well, it's some of them are facts and some of them are laws. So when I say, you know, there was no subject matter jurisdiction, that's a legal conclusion, but they didn't argue it. So it's taken as it is. Um, They can't later on say, oh, well, of course the court can do whatever. No, uh -uh, no. So... That's why I want you guys to know at least the basics. I don't have all of these court rules memorized. There are, especially when these dummies violate so many of them, I couldn't possibly keep that many of them memorized. No, but I read them, I research, I look at that table of contents, I've downloaded the documents, so I have them in PDF, and then I can do control F and search for certain terms you know, joined if I was looking for that or service, if I was looking for how a document would be served or whatever the term is. Right. I look at the table of contents and I literally read the whole thing and see would this apply? That might apply. I'm going to read that again. And then I'm going to, you know, and I've already read them all the way through three, four times at this point, but I don't have them memorized. So I was thinking, gosh, in, in the interest of justice and fairness, there must be some rule in Florida that's like Michigan's rule, that at least for the purposes of this motion, if they don't respond to an allegation I make, then it's deemed as true. They can't challenge it later. And there is one. So if you're looking for any of the exact citations for that, um, I'm going to be finishing up my reply to that and filing it with the court today. I will then put it on our website on that Ormond Beach case page, which I believe, I don't know, Lori, did I say it right? Is it restorefreedomkh.com obcase OB case? I think.
0: I don't know. I'll have to look. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. either.
1: <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that's what the, um, that's what the uh, the short link is to it. Otherwise, just go to restorefreedomkh.com, click resources, case I documents, so too, but... Ormond Beach, you'll get there. Um, so I'll add it there, you'll be able yep. to see it. <clears throat> or just go to restorefreedomkh.com slash obcase, because that was just confirmed as the correct <clears throat> link. <Sure. clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then you'll be able to see all the references that I make there. It's not gonna be some super long brief, don't worry about that. Um, but it is something for you to check out and again even if you live in another state just to see some of the concepts that I'm talking about how you know you shouldn't just assume that the court rule the civil court rules the rules of civil procedure don't apply in an appeal or in a criminal case or whatever the situation is um, so um, you know some of those basic concepts so the best thing that you can do to combat the idiocracy of the ipsy-dixit way of doing things, where it is just because I say it is, those rules don't apply just because I say they don't apply, is to know the rules, to study them, to know how to go back and refer to them. And let me put it this way, when their motion said, their response to my motion said, um, the appellant relies on rules 1.110, 1.140, and 1.170, but those rules don't apply to her appeal. I had to go read them all again. I had to go back, put sticky notes. Okay. So these are the ones he said that don't apply. Okay. Well, actually they do, apply. you know, I didn't, I didn't assume that he was wrong or right. I read it with an open mind. I double checked what was said. And so I could be confident that in the end, oh, no, these apply, especially when I found the part saying that these rules apply in all cases, except the ones that expressly are excluded. So um, and stairs at plant says that I believe learning the court rules is 10 times more important than learning the laws. Um, They both change frequently. I'll be honest, they both change frequently. But the the best thing you could do is to um, learn, if you want to learn something more innately and have it memorized, the court rules would be very helpful to you. Um, and, and the federal court rules, you know, are uh, oftentimes very similar to most states' rules. Now, Louisiana, if you're watching me and you're in Louisiana, dude, I'm sorry, but that state's all messed up. Uh, I went down there after Hurricane Katrina to help with the, the legal relief efforts, and it is a nightmare down there. It's like a whole other planet. I, I don't know what they were doing. But at any rate, um, the, the U.S. Constitution applies, but beyond that, nothing else is the same at all. Well, and don't,
0: don't you think, I mean, at the very least, having the table of contents of um, of the court rules of your state and the federal in your head somewhere... So that when you are faced with something, you're going to be like, wait a minute, there's something I can do to fight back, you know, whether it's this motion or whatever court rule says you can do that. So even the basics, you don't have to study it wholly, but definitely get the outline of what the court rules are at the very least.
1: Yes, at least be like me and just at least know where to look have them printed out and ready to go. Be ready to print them off every year or two at the most because they change frequently. Um, Have them at least on your computer so you could do control F or scroll to the table of contents. At the very least, have a printed copy of the contents, the table of contents of your state statutes and your court rules so that you can Look through those, you know, the most expanded version that they have. Look through those so that you can then go, okay, I'm going to look up this section online. Um, It's super important because the more you get the basics and you know where to look, the more you can call them out for their garbage and say, Ipsy Dixit doesn't work here. You can't say it is and have it be so just because you say it is so anyway um that's really the main point i wanted to throw at you guys today because i was so disgusted at their um it's just frustrating makes me me think
0: you're all playing and the, the attorney is somebody that sees you do something they don't like it so they run to the teacher and say hey so and so did this and they're throwing a fit And so all they're doing is pointing at what was done wrong and not the whole picture, I guess. And nothing maybe was done wrong, obviously, in this case. Just childish, the way, I guess, is where I was going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, let's be adults here and have a real conversation. Respect me enough to I took the time to tell you what I thought. Now you give me that time to tell me what you think and let's see if we can come to an understanding between each other because what if they've been speaking another language and it wasn't until an interpreter came that you understood that they were saying, you're like, wait a minute, you're right. That's not the case in this situation, but it could be, they could have an issue with you that just because yeah. Anyways, sorry.
1: Yes. So, you know, above all else, guys, I don't want you to give up on, Um, You know, I don't want you to be intimidated. Don't give up. Don't be intimidated. Don't be arrogant either. That's a very fine mind. Don't be arrogant, but don't be intimidated. Be educated and be confident and be willing to re-educate yourself or refresh yourself on what the court rules or the laws or the Constitution say about any given topic and be willing to, you know, stand out in faith on your own and say, this isn't right. Um, let's see here. Ipsy Dixit. Uh, the Liberty Cause on YouTube says, Ipsy Dixit is the main form of law practiced in Deltona. The city attorney has nothing but because we said so to turn to. She certainly has no understanding of law. I thought you guys were replacing the city attorney. Um, I heard Anthony Sabatini was even looking at trying to get that gig. Um, I I may have had someone in uh, Deltona city government ask me to apply for the city attorney position uh, a few months ago, but told them eh. um, <laughs> if they want to pay for the Florida bar exam, maybe I'll consider it. But uh, I'm not doing that um, at this point. So anyway, um, so I think that we've been able to answer the questions and concerns that you guys have had. Um, not sure. So yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, hopefully I didn't skip over any questions, comments, concerns that you guys had. Um, there was a lot of conversation today. Uh, but uh, oh, I just realized we didn't have letters of what it what, what is his Um, I can't remember what his YouTube name is now. You are muted for some reason here.
0: Unmute. This is a public service.
1: Yes, this is a public service. That's his YouTube handle. Um, I just realized we didn't have him on here today, but, uh, I know that he's in the background fighting the freedom fight. Talked to him yesterday. He's helping me on following up on some stuff. Uh, so anyway, don't just take no, but learn how to take no and run with it in the right ways. That's, that's the biggest thing I want you guys to know because so many people either completely shut down They're anti-conflict, you know, they just hate the conflict of any kind. So, oh, or the, you know, they don't want to be the, you know, oh, well, if the government told me to do this or that, or, you know, an attorney told me, okay, fine, it must be true, and I just won't fight it. Don't do that. But don't be, you know, so, um, I don't know, I guess just arrogant. (laughs) Don't be arrogant so that you're out there fighting in the wrong ways and saying, oh, well, you know this court just doesn't have jurisdiction over me. So I'm just not going to respond to this lawsuit or I'm not going to do this or that. No, you still would have to respond even to say, I I'm responding to let the court know that there is no personal jurisdiction here because of X, Y, Z, or I'm responding to let the court know there's no subject matter jurisdiction or whatever the case is. You can't ever just sit on your rights and expect people to follow or abide by, you know, your rights if you're just going to sit there and just expect things, I mean, really then that makes you an entitled Karen and we already have way too many of them. So be willing to stand up and respectfully follow, just follow common sense, fight back in the right ways. And, uh, and really it, uh, it starts with educating yourself and making sure that you're prepared. So, Um, sorry, there is a um,
0: That somebody pointed me back to Rumble. Um,
1: before you do that real quick, Joe on Facebook says, the abortion issue, issue is a conflict of rights. No one likes hearing that or talking about that though. And Joe, you're right. We did, um, several full episodes talking about that very thing. In fact, when it was on the Michigan ballot, uh, proposal three, I believe was on the ballot, whatever proposal it was. It was bad. They all passed. They all sucked. Um, anyway, we talked a lot about that at the end of last year, or in November and December, um, October, November, December of last year. We did a lot of episodes about that, specifically talking about what those conflicting rights are, rights of children, rights of fathers, rights of mothers, even rights of society and and how society is involved and, and what, it, what is entailed there. Um, so please, uh, please check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we certainly have the, um, slideshows and the PDF documents that went along with that as part of those constitution segment recaps too. So you can just kind of take a look at that to start with. But, um, you said there was something on YouTube. I Um, mean, sorry. Yeah. They
0: they directed me to rumble. Um, I was trying to, we, we know we are not mass rule. Do we just... Need a large quantum quantity. Oh, sorry, I'm missing. What is the general process of peace, peacefully protest and abolish our government, especially the non elected ones? And then they talk about um, we know we're not mass rule and that we just maybe we just need a lot of people involved. We establish a government. Is it a trust indenture? If they have bad or confusing rules, that should be removed as well. So, I think they must be somewhat new to finding us. I think they might be better off going to our website or watching some of our other videos, but I don't know if you had a so general.
1: As, yeah, as far as getting rid of um, bad people in government or whatever, we've talked, we've had a lot of episodes talking about all different kinds of things uh, recalls, um, uh, uh, oh my goodness, quo. Um, Orto and um, other kinds of lawsuits man you're you're throwing me off my game that's not what I was prepared to talk about so I don't have all the terms mm-hmm. on the top of my head but we've talked about various different kinds of options on how to challenge or remove people from office what if they have not taken that oath that they're required to by law we've talked about what the procedure for that is um what steps can you take especially in michigan law i've gone over that specifically about what what are the steps what can you do um you know what is the government or certain government officials required to do when when the oath of office isn't taken or when whatever um and uh recall is one of the biggest options in michigan it's not necessarily a good option in a lot of other areas um but or at least the process is a little, the procedure is a little different in, in many places like Florida, for example. Um, otherwise planning for the next election, if it's something that is an elected position, if you're talking about a non-elected position, going to the people who are elected, who are in charge of putting that person in that place. So if you're talking about, for example, at your city level, go to your city council or city commission, uh, whatever they call themselves and, uh, talk to them about, you know, removing certain positions that shouldn't be there or whatever, certain people that are, you know, committing malfeasance while in that role. Um, There's all kinds of different ways to address that. um, But it is a big thing. It does take a lot of people being involved and passionate about it. I mean, one person can make a difference. I mean, one person can absolutely make a difference but it obviously works better and faster if more people are on board with you so um making an organized effort is really the best thing and and trying to figure out how to attack what do you want to attack do you want to attack you also mentioned um there's too many confusing rules and procedures involved do you want to attack that side of it first do you want to attack the positions themselves being eliminated i mean figure out figuring out what your priorities are which problems you want to address first And then go from there and it's all doable it's all something that you could have on your lifetime checklist of restoring freedom because there is no staples easy button for any of it but uh, we can get it done if we work hard enough and and smart enough about it so um all right guys uh thank you so much for joining us today uh wow a whole hour on ipsy dixit alone that is uh impressive to say the least um and I'm sorry I looked like a Smurf again today with the blue lighting, but it's way too hot in my office, even though it's only like 70 degrees outside. So it's just weird. I don't know. But I had to have air blown in here, which meant I had to not have my little reflective green screen, whatever stuff going on here. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us today. Make sure to check out our um, I can't even think today. Our Tuesday way to get in. No, 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 no. Our Tuesday true or false (laughs) Tuesday true or false question of the day Lori can't be that mean to me and
0: (laughs) I was trying not to laugh (laughs)
1: um but we have a Tuesday true or false question about Ipsy Dixit uh so check that out on YouTube or Facebook excuse me nope 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 I'm wrong again YouTube or telegram t.me slash restore freedom or youtube.com slash restore freedom. will get you to those areas and you can take those polls. We also um, will post the answer to those on um, on social media at 10 p.m. tonight. So you have from now until 10 p.m. to answer if you have not already. Otherwise, wait till next Tuesday to answer them. But do make sure that to tomorrow, on Wednesday, you check out our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge Thursday, of course, will be our probably 10 minute or less, um, uh, Constitution segment recap video, mostly because TikTok lies. They told me I could upload a 30 minute video, but then when I uploaded a 15 minute video, they said that it was gonna be broken down into 10 minute segments anyway. So liars. Anyway, uh, I will uh, speed talk or cut out big sections if I need to, but uh, that constitution segment recap and either a PDF or a slideshow will be accompanying that. So you can check out all the stuff we've been talking about today uh, and in more detail on your own. And then Friday's freedom fighting tools. Don't forget every Friday we share with you at least three freedom fighting tools. Most often they are free, but they are um, essential to the various aspects of your freedom fight. On Saturday, it's your way to get involved to either purchase a Restore Freedom wonderful pop socket or window decal or donate to one of our specific endeavors that we have. Uh, Sunday, we often have a biblical insight passage posted and we'll send out our weekly newsletters. Um, It does take sometimes even more than eight hours for the whole thing to spool and get out and whatnot. So sometimes they don't get delivered till Monday for some reason. But at any rate, I greatly appreciate you guys joining us today. I look forward to having you join us on all of our future segments this week. And of course, to have you join us next week. Again, I'm constitutional attorney Catherine Henry, and this is Liberty Laurie. And it's been fantastic to spend season two's episode 15 on Ipsy Dixit with you today. Thanks guys. Have a great day.